0: Welcome to the Disruptions in Oregon Real Estate Podcast with your host, Renee Nelson, helping you stay in the driver's seat of your investment portfolio. As a commercial real estate broker and investor herself, author Renee Nelson's passion is to keep your hard-earned real estate investments working for you. Her goal is to help Oregon real estate investors analyze and measure the value of their current real estate portfolio while exploring available opportunities. And now your host, Renee Nelson.
1: Hi, Barry. How are you?
0: Good. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing fantastic.
0: Happy 2020. Thank you. All right. I have a question for you. It's a brand new year. Should landlords raise the rents?
1: Well, that all starts with when did you last raise your rents? Because ah. now with rent control, you can only raise your rents once every 12 months.
0: Just once? Just once. I didn't know about this restriction?
1: Yes. So you have to look when was the last time because it's really critical that you do not raise it more than once in 12 months or you will have issues. What happens? Oh, (laughs) your tenant can sue you. It's really serious.
0: And in 2020, what's the cap that they can raise rents?
1: It's 9.9%. You know, last year in 2019, it was 10.3%. And because CPI, consumer price index dropped a little bit. The new cap is 9.9. So what you do is you literally, it's old school math. You take your rent times 0.099, and that tells you how much you can increase your rents.
0: What kind of feedback have been getting from landlords about this?
1: Yeah, not a lot of my landlord clients are excited about it. It's now in place, so they're used to it, but a lot of them are frustrated because there's no incentive for them to do improvements to the properties. And we're going to talk about that later mm-hmm. in the show. But it definitely is making an impact on property owners who, you know, in the past, if you had a 1970s two-story wood construction apartment, maybe Mm -hmm. it was 20 units, a lot of times investors would go in and rip out the carpet, put in that laminate flooring, new cabinets, new appliances, just freshen it up inside. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to do that anymore. There's no incentive to do that.
0: That's a tough situation we're in right now.
1: It is. I mean, I had an investor who just rehabbed a one-bedroom, one-bath unit because a tenant had been there 10 years and moved out on their own. And my investor went in and rehabbed that and he spent $14,000 on a basic remodel, like literally ripping out carpet, putting in basic new laminate flooring or, you know, vinyl flooring and painting the cabinets and just freshening it up. And it cost him $14,000. And he was only able to raise the rents minuscule, you know, 9.9%. Now, in that situation, the tenant gave notice. So she moved out on her own. She got a job relocation opportunity. Mm-hmm. So she moved out on her own. So the landlord could have raised rents to market at that point. But he decided not to go crazy and raise it two or $300.
0: Okay. That's actually something that uh, I was actually wondering about. Uh, if somebody does move out, does the landlord... Lord have the uh, capacity then to raise it more than the nine point nine percent, like you said, uh, to bring it up to market. Yes, okay. so long
1: as the tenant gives their own notice and moves on their own. If you give them a no cause notice or you evict them, then you cannot raise the rent.
0: Okay. Just curious, are you seeing rent control impact apartment values in Oregon?
1: Yeah, because here's what's happening. Now investors are not making those improvements to the property, so Mm -hmm. they're not making them better and nicer and newer, and that makes a direct impact to the net operating income. So as market rents just are creeping up at 9.9%, now there's fewer investors that want to come to Oregon and buy. Most of the opportunities that we see in the Eugene-Springfield area are buyers that are buying locally so, you know, it's a local Lane County investor that's buying. But when we look at property values, apartment values in particular, we are just not seeing big growth opportunities right now. It's still kind of flat in the market. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of it, there's two reasons. Not a lot of people are selling right now. They're still trying to figure it out. They're weighing out. I call it reading the tea leaves. They're trying to figure out, okay, how much more legislation will change and swing the pendulum that much more in the favor of the tenants and impact the landlords. So they're weighing that out. And then they're trying to figure out, if I did sell, what would I go into And I'm doing a lot of analysis for clients right now where we're looking at their current portfolio. And I have a program that I've created. It's my own unique process where I collect their data and I analyze it. And then I give them suggestions on how they could improve the property performance or if they went into a different type of property, maybe they go out of multifamily and they go into a commercial leased commercial property, what that would do for them and what kind of a yield or a rate of return they would get on that.
0: If the individual chooses to go into a commercial property, perhaps a storage unit, are they free of the rent control restrictions?
1: The rent control only applies to multifamily where people live and reside as their Okay. domicile.
0: And you're seeing a lot of people making that switch?
1: Yeah, I am. Because a lot of people are looking for a yield in return. So they want to yield on their money in relation to the risk that mm-hmm. they're willing to take. And they want to yield on the money that they're going to put into that property because they could just as easy put it in the bond market, the stock market, you know, there's other places they could park their money. So they want to earn a rate of return on that money and it has to make sense for them. So that's one thing. I do with my clients is we literally weigh out. A lot of investors will look at cap rates and a cap rate basically is a snapshot in time of the first year that you buy the property, how much net operating income will that property generate in relation to what the seller is asking for purchase price. And most investors just stop there because that's the only formula that they know how to calculate. But in my world as a commercial real estate broker, my goal is to educate my clients. And so I want them to understand the yield. How long will they own that property? And what will that property generate for them in cash flow over that time period? Mm -hmm. On the average, most investors own property five to seven years before they wanna change. A lot of times I'll see people, what I call trade up, where they'll take a 10 unit and move it into a 15 or a 20 unit property. They'll buy other properties That's what I call trading up. You're going up. You're staying in the same category, but you're going up in unit count or you're going up in size.
0: Is that when you do a 1031 exchange?
1: Yes, that is when you would do a 1031. You would basically sell a property, do a tax deferred exchange and go up to more units. But I'm also seeing multifamily owners who are considering looking at other opportunities like mini storage or triple net. And triple net properties basically means that the tenant pays for the taxes, the insurance, as well as the maintenance on the property in addition to the base rent that they pay you.
0: And I bet you multifamily owners that make the switch over to maybe something commercial related, I'm sure there's something to be said for the peace of mind knowing there's a little less government intervention from Salem in regards to rent control.
1: Yeah, you really don't. You just you're in control of your destiny at that point, And you really don't have that government intervention happening on on the home front.
0: Mm-hmm. So it sounds like rent control has had an impact on apartment owners willingness to make improvements, because if the owner spends the capital to make those improvements, a lot of times you won't get that return on the investment.
1: That is true. They just did a study in Portland to see how rent control was impacting Portland. Mm-hmm. And they estimated that there's about 20,000 units that are 60 years or older. And they're anticipating that the owners are not gonna make improvements to those properties because there's you, you can't make it up in rent like I talked about. So
0: 60 years, these are probably needed improvements, much <laughs> that, needed improvements. Yes. It's yeah. not just cosmetic.
1: It is No, it is not cosmetic. I mean, there will be, you know, like, uh, just as an example, dry rot in bathroom floors. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that a lot with rental properties. You know, kids getting in and out of the bathtub and water splashes, and just different things like that, that sure. happen to properties over years and years of wear and tear. And I see a pattern where the tenants don't want to say anything to the landlord because they're afraid their rent will go up, or they'll they're afraid they'll get in trouble. Like, oh, I you know should have told the landlord that I had a leak under the kitchen sink and I didn't, and they put a bucket under there and it just gets worse and worse and then yeah. all of a sudden you have a serious leak. And I just see a lot of tenants that are fearful to reach out to their landlord. I'm the opposite. The first day you have a leak, if you're my tenant, I want you to call me because I want to get it cured for you yeah. and I want to make it right and I want to make it a great situation for you to live in. But that's not what I typically see when I go through unit by unit and in, uh, property inspections when my client's buying something. Mm-hmm. When we walk through, a lot of times we'll see deferred maintenance. Now, sometimes that's a lazy landlord who knows there's a problem, but they don't want to spend the money. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see more and more of that because landlords are trying to figure out at what point do they need to make improvements to a property versus can I get away for another year before. I fix that leaking roof or that rotten siding or you name it.
0: You know, I like the way you approach things. It's like the old Benjamin Franklin philosophy. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Because, you know, when I walk through with those inspectors and then I see their reports and see the cost to cure that deferred maintenance Uh, especially for things like dry rot. It's like, wow, if you would have cured that in the first year or two, as opposed to letting it go for five years, it would have been so much cheaper to fix it in year one than year five. And now the bathroom floor is totally shot and you're going to have to rip everything out.
0: With all these properties, importantly, did you say 20,000 that are 60 or older? Yes. With all these properties, not getting renovations or work done on them, what's (laughs) what's the prognosis (laughs) down the road?
1: Well, it's also a catch-22 because they did a Study And because of rent control, it impacts new development starts for apartment complexes. Mm -hmm. And they've estimated that by the year 2030, that there will be probably at least 3000 units, individual units, 3000 units that will not be built. So, We're going to see it on both ends of the perspective. We're going to see the new construction. Fewer developers will want to come into the state of Oregon. Definitely in Portland, we're seeing uh, new construction starts for apartments drop. They're starting to go down. So there's going to be fewer new apartments that will be built. Mm -hmm. And then the remodel of the older stuff, we're going to see that, I think, start to diminish and investors start cutting corners and not making as many improvements as they used to because there's not as many dollars because of rent control. That's not good. No, it's really not. Really, honestly, it backfired what the legislation was trying to do because it's ultimately going to impact the tenants. And unfortunately, there's going to be fewer houses, new opportunities to move into. I think we're still going to have a housing shortage, especially in Portland. And now we're going to have a situation where I think, well, we saw it in San Francisco for years with rent control, where investors and property owners, apartment owners in San Francisco, they didn't want to make improvements to their property hmm. and they kind of had some i wouldn't call them slums but you know some less than desirable places to live
0: is salem getting any word of this is is anybody in salem going oh wait this is not a consequence we we even thought about uh, or are they oblivious to it?
1: What I've been told is the year 2020 is a short legislation year. So we do not anticipate that we're gonna see any changes, but in 2021, we anticipate that they will probably reduce the rent cap even more. So right now we have a 7% rent cap. California just passed rent control at 5%. And so the anticipation is that Oregon will reduce the, their rent cap even more. And the other thing, Portland just passed the screening laws that you and I have talked about on Mm -hmm. a couple of our shows. The anticipation is that in 2021, those screening laws will pass statewide and that's going to make an impact. Because now you have to take a 500 credit score, and there's a bunch of new rules that are being rolled out in Portland. And if that passes statewide, I think a lot of investors are gonna be really unhappy. And part of my, uh, I'm not a gloom and doom person, I'm always, my glasses, way more than three quarters full. Sure. It's almost you know, overflowing. That's, but at the same
0: time, you are a you know. realist though.
1: Yeah, and I am a realist. And I my goal is to educate people and help them be aware of what's coming down the pike. Because if all that happens in 2021, there's gonna be a lot of investors that are gonna wanna get out of multifamily. And the problem is it's gonna plummet the market because there's gonna be so much inventory on the market. Mm-hmm. We saw that in Portland. Portland was a really tight market for- Apartment complexes for sale in 2014 and 15, 16, there just wasn't much for sale. Mm -hmm. When rent control passed in 2017 and you had the relocation fees and everything, all that Passed in Portland, we saw the market flood with apartment complexes for sale.
0: Really? Mm-hmm.
1: And I predict it'll happen in 2021 in the state of Oregon if the rent control gets tamped down and they tighten that, and if they pass screening laws statewide, there will be multifamily owners that are going to want to bail out.
0: So it's already been hitting Portland pretty hard. How about here in Eugene?
1: Well, you know, we don't have as many complexes in Eugene as we do in Portland, but Mm -hmm. I am definitely seeing properties sell. I'm helping an investor right now buy a $19 million apartment complex because the seller is here in Oregon and he knows now is the time to get out. And my buyer is coming in from California and thinks that this is a great opportunity to start buying and acquiring. Mm. So things are silently happening right now. So... I think the takeaways for today would be I have um, two things that I offer to people. I will do a free market rent study. It's a quick, condensed version of looking at where your rents are in comparison to three other properties. I like to help people understand how does your property compare to other properties. So if you have five units or more, that's a service that I can offer to apartment owners. I don't do it for duplexes and the smaller stuff like that. You can call your favorite residential broker and ask them. You can get on Craigslist. But for apartment owners, I give them this condensed market rent study. And then the other thing that I do is a detailed analysis for investors that are trying to decide if it's the right time to sell. I have this unique process called the pro analysis where I look at their property performance. We do a review of what they want to accomplish. And then we look at what are they really looking for opportunities Mm -hmm. opportunities. Do they want to go into a different product type? Do they want to buy more units? Do they want to go into a different state or do they just want to stay put and stay where they're at? So using my pro analysis, I can help them look at all the different factors. Where are they at right now? Where do they want to go and what risk are they willing to take to get that yield that they're looking for?
0: And I see that people can schedule a free 15-minute strategy call, correct?
1: Yeah, you can go to my website, which is eugene-commercial.com and click on the button at the top, schedule a free 15-minute consultation, free of charge. We jump on the phone and we just talk out strategies and how I can help people.
0: And what's the website if uh, people want to find out more about rent control?
1: Go to StopRentControl.me. That's StopRentControl.me. And you can download a free copy of Disruptions in Oregon Real Estate. It's a guide that I wrote to help investors understand what's happening in the market right now and how they can prepare for what's coming in the future.
0: Renee, thank you so much. Thanks, Barry. And it really is a good guide. It's up to date. It's informational. And it's an easy read too. Once again, it's called Disruptions in Oregon Real Estate. And you can download it for free at stoprentcontrol.me. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening.